Travel to Europe is difficult for the time being, but we can still keep the flame of wonderlust alive through the virtual vacation with Guidester. The bi-weekly podcast where host Jack Bauman, founder of Guidester and travel enthusiast Arnold Stricker, dive into new destinations exploring their unique history, culture, and special vibe. You will also get insider tips about these destinations you won't get from other sources. You can have a great time on a road that is extremely ancient, that has unbelievable historical significance and views along the way to give you an understanding of what Roman culture was like. And if you're fortunate enough, you might be able to find a villa and make a contact like Jack did over the course of a period of time and have a wonderful meal. The Pines of Rome is a piece of music and movement number four is called the Pines of the Appian Way. Some famous people have lived along the Appian Way and one person who's very famous in our book, Jack Bauman from Guidester, he hasn't lived there, but he's walked the Appian Way and he's gonna tell us a little bit about his experiences. Let's welcome the Guidester himself, Jack Bauman. Jack, welcome. Hey Arnold, always love doing these shows with you. This is like our 15th or 16th show now and really love doing these. I learned so much when you're talking about all of these spots in Europe, and it's just really getting my flavor going to want to get over there quickly and soon. But I know we're still dealing with COVID and we're still working through all of those kinds of things, but we can still keep the flame of wonderlust alive, right, Jack? That we can. And but in Italian, presto, it's hurry, hurry. Yeah, you- <laughs> that's right. But luckily, they, these things have been there for a couple thousand years, so they're not going anywhere, but you don't know how long you'll have. You don't know how long we'll all have. So you hit the nail on the head. You got to get over there and, and see Italy and Rome. And in this podcast, we're going to talk about the Appian Way, La Via Appia Antica. And you've mentioned the Appian Way in previous broadcasts, and now we're going to focus completely on that. So this must be really special. It is. It's my favorite part of Rome. I think it exemplifies the glory, the beauty, the history, the culture of Rome in one small street. It's really a road that used to be hundreds and hundreds of miles long. But in one old ancient road, the glory of Rome really is wrapped into one. So where do you want to start, Arnold? Where should we start today on the app? I always like to get a little historical basis. And you mentioned Rome and all roads lead to Rome, at least back in the Roman Empire, they did. So what's the phrase, Jack? Rome wasn't built in a day? Rome was not built in a day. But how about the Appian Way? How long did that take to build? And give us a little background to that. It's 2,800 years old. It was built by Appius Claudius in the early 4th century BC. I think 312 BC, I believe, uh, is when it began. And it's located just a short 10-minute ride from Rome's historic center. So the Central Storico, where the Pantheon, the Trevi Fountain, the Spanish Steps... Piazza Navona, a lot of the major sites in central Rome, it's only 10 minutes. And you feel, though, you're in the countryside. It's an ancient road with the same stones and blocks from the third of the fourth century, the 300s BC that are still there. And that's it crazy. It, in the, it, it really is. And that's just a sliver. Just the road itself is crazy. But then all along it, you've got monuments. So we'll get into the history of it in a second, but just a, a little sketch of it. The ancient Romans used to build their funeral pyres, or rather their funeral monuments, their monuments to their loved ones, their dead, their family, were built along roads. So there used to be monuments of all shapes and sizes, small, medium, large, giant, would look almost like castles 
that were old and some there actually are some castles still left in the medieval times and late roman empire it's been a part of roman history for thousands of years so it's and and then it continued to be a part of the italian history through the fall of the roman empire through the medieval times the renaissance and up until modern times so it has stood the test of time you can walk on the same blocks the same stones that julius caesar and the first emperor of Rome, Augustus, would have walked down. It was used by traders and merchants, soldiers and aristocrats, everybody in between. It was the road that was built from Rome to get to southern Italy. Again, by built by Appius Claudius, hence the name, the, the Appia Antica, which Antica is just ancient or old. So the Appian Way in English, still in use today. Cars still drive down. And I have wow. a good, I have a good friend that lives in Rome, whose mother lives in Rome and it lives on the Appian Way, been passed at this villa, has been passed down in the family for 300 years. And it's so I'm fortunate. And that's probably one of the reasons I love it is I've had dinner on the Appian Way. And that's the name of the podcast. That's what we're going to talk about today. And I always love to talk about food. Oh, oh don't we all? <laughs> and Italy is the thing to see. Or Italy is where to get the good food. And the Appian Way really has that. So, yeah, I think just setting it up. Uh, a little bit more than I've done. I've set it up a lot, but just setting up the picture here. So you're 10 minutes south of the city center and you're surrounded by trees and some cafes, monuments, ancient ruins. It's a hiking spot and a biking spot for a lot of people. So it really is in the, you could say the suburbs, but it's really this giant park now and it feels like you're in the countryside. So wow. you're 10 minutes from the city center and you're surrounded by some nature and old Italian villas and all these ruins and old churches. There's catacombs there. The heart of Italy from ancient times to modern has always been Rome. It's been known as the eternal city. And the second you show up in Rome, you understand why. It, oh, it's Why is that? I was going to ask you because I haven't been there. So somebody would ask who's listening to this podcast, why is it the eternal city? It's been around continuously used for 2,800 years. It's one of the oldest continuously inhabited cities in the world. There are some older ones, but most of those too, even the older ones have been paved over and <clears throat> Rome has really been, there's parts of Rome that you can see like the ancient forum that they've unearthed and excavated that's been there, just there for 2,500 years. The Appian Way has been there since 300 BC, untouched. It's been obviously gone seen some better days but it's the same physical stones and location so so that's really called the eternal city it, it's never been abandoned it's been continuously inhabited since romulus and remus in the 700s bc so that, that's really why it's called the eternal city that and ancient rome and the renaissance rome in general since the ancient times has left an indelible mark on human civilization. You can't talk about Western civilization without talking about Rome, right? There's just no way. Right. So it's the eternal city. It's the city that never wavers. It's the city that's been there for 3,000 years. It's always been Rome. And when you're talking about anything west of Jerusalem. Take a virtual vacation to Europe from the comfort of your couch. Browse popular sites, watch video tours, explore with interactive maps, discover local insights, and start planning your dream trip when you're ready to travel once again. Choose your destination and discover some of Europe's top destinations. Visit guidester.com forward slash virtual dash vacation. Having dinner on the Appian Way, as I've always thought about that, and I'm glad you clarified it, 
that it's in the suburb, but it's more like a park-like atmosphere now. I always thought it was way out in the countryside. So let's get to this dinner. This must have been a really good restaurant because I know you like good food. And I know it's probably gorgeous scenery. And watching people walk by is, I love to people watch. It would be a great experience. That's exactly right. It, it is amazing to me that it's as close as it is. And that's one of the reasons that I really love it is you can reach it so quickly. And it is in this preserved park that gives you the sense that you're really in the countryside and bar in some ways. So hiking it, walking it, you can do. There is a ton to see on the Appian Way. So I'll get into the dinner experience, but just setting up on the Appian Way, you have ancient Roman ruins from the, the Palace of Max, Roman Emperor, ancient ruins to the catacombs of San Sebastian, which is a church, to beautiful restaurants that actors like Nicolas Cage and Tom Hanks frequent, old castles from the late Roman Empire, the, the tomb of Cecilia Metella is one of those. It just, it's like out of a fairy tale with this old spherical castle that's half intact, half ruined, surrounded by this natural beauty. And then you've got medieval churches, basilic, old little churches, monasteries. Then you've got archaeological digs like Capo di Bovi, which is like a little archaeological park on the Appian Way. So all these things stretching the entire breadth of Roman history, plus all the things to see and do, plus the amazing cafes and restaurants it spend a half day and just walk up and down the Appian. So I was lucky. I met a gentleman, Gualtiero in Rome on one of my visits. And his mother was nice enough to invite me over to stay with them. Actually, I, I travel a lot on my own. And so I stayed with this Roman family, Paola and Gualtiero. And then I met their friend who's a tour guide in Rome, Patrizia, and just absolutely loved it, fell in love with it. And she lives right across the street. It, it just gets luckier and luckier. The, kind of this, to me, the best part of the Appian Way is the area right around the tomb of Cecilia Metella. And right there, there's very close to San Sebastian in the catacombs and Capo di Bovi, which is an archaeological park. There's a little ruined medieval basilica. And then it's there's this beautiful restaurant that's right there with this, this giant tomb in the backdrop. And this restaurant is built into the nature. So you're sitting outside. And so this whole, this stretch of the Appian right around Cecilia Metella is just my favorite. It was hog heaven for you. And th this is why God's amazing. The universe is crazy because of all the people that I could have met, it, of all the places they could have lived, they lived on the Appian way and they lived in the best part of the Appian way. Blend so of that. <laughs> I fell into that. Someone was looking out for me. It was definitely, so I've been back many times and I, I go every time. Uh, so I love to cruise down the oldest road in Rome and really one of the oldest used Romes in the world. I'm just walking down it sends chills down my spine as I remember the all the ancient people from Julius Caesar to the Roman generals that walked down this road. So on this, on this, particular occasion, I'll talk about when I was leading a tour group to, to Rome. And this was uh, 2019, actually, right just before the pandemic hit, a few months before I was there with a tour group, leading a tour group through Italy, and we had four days in Rome. So I had already met Gualtiero and Paola, and I said, hey, can I bring my tour group to your doorstep? To, can we do dinner if I pay for everything and maybe give a little something extra for your troubles? Can I? Can we do this? And she didn't even charge me. She goes, oh my gosh, absolutely. Uh, Nessun problema, no problem. And so I'm there uh, bringing my tour group. This was a real treat. We had seen the Vatican. We had seen the Colosseum. And then there we are in the Appian Way in an old family Italian villa being cooked for 
by Roman that had been born, born raised there, living in a villa that had been passed down for generations. And we had a traditional authentic meal in a traditional way. She had a brick oven in her yard. So we're there, we show up in evening, which Romans eat very late. So we showed up probably seven or eight and had plenty of time to drink and talk before we actually ate. But Paula, our host, greeted us at the door with hugs and kisses. We were led to the back garden, which is a beautiful setup, this kind of rock enclosed garden with this Italian villa. It was set up with tables and chairs and wonderful little plates of food. As I said, she prepared food for us personally with this brick oven in her backyard. And we just hung out, spent time with her and her son, learning that all the tour guests were learning about the history of Rome on the Appian Way, eating amazing local dishes, drinking more than a few glasses of Italian wine, of course, and swapping travel stories. Well, what a great experience for the people on that trip to be at the places that you went before and then to walk down the Appian Way to then walk into this restaurant. It's not really a restaurant. It's where they live. And that she had prepared everything from scratch and had it really set up for you guys. That would have been a very memorable occasion. It was. It was a lot of the tour members' favorite part. I, I had a blast. They had a blast. And just to layer into this, it's there we are in this 300-year-old Italian villa that had been passed down in generations. And she's telling us these stories. And one of the things she's telling us, she goes, hey, you guys want to see something cool? And she shows us this fragment, uh, this tablet. She dug up this ancient Roman tablet in her backyard while she was gardening. What? Oh, yeah. Well, this is so common. And, and strictly speaking, archaeological finds that you find, you should probably turn into a museum. But this kind of thing happens so often. Pottery and coins and pieces of fragment tablets, they're found so often in and around Rome, in Italy in general, that a lot of people just hang on to it. And they, so she just has it on her, on her table there, <clears throat> on her uh, bookshelf there and showed it to us. And this is like an old ancient Latin inscribed tablet. And she just found it just gardening in her backyard. And and then she's got these books of the area and we can see before and after photos and all the history. Oh, that'd be cool. Oh, it's so cool. So it's it's one thing they read it in a history book and have it be told to you by tour guides. Quite another to be educated by the owner of this house that has seen it go through these transitions over 300 years. And I imagine the stories passed down within the family or that were written down, especially as old as that villa was and being in the family that long, I'm sure there's stories that go way, way back. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I love going to Italy in general. I love going to Europe because there's never an end to the historic the heritage you could say that about any place in the world but particularly italy it's the history they say and i've heard historians say this that of if you took all the remaining cultural heritage the physical artifacts and the heritage that's left in the entire world 80 percent of it is in italy which is crazy to think about because it, it was the roman empire and the roman empire not, not only controlled the whole mediterranean from north to south but it had trade links to China. So it was all of Europe and North Africa and of the Western Middle East and the Eastern Mediterranean and all the way up to Britain. And then in conjunction to that direct control, it had these trade links even further afield all the way to Asia. Italy is, if you love history and throw into that the food and the natural beauty and all that, if you have to choose anywhere to go in Italy, in Europe, I, I really would put Italy on that list. And I would say this also that based upon the things that you've said in understanding the historical aspects of an area, especially Rome and Italy, 
And then marrying that with your historical background, marrying that with the number of times you've been to a destination, having contacts with the locals there, that would make a trip so vibrant. I would feel like I'm living the history as you're talking about it or as we're walking down a place or viewing the Coliseum. That makes history come alive. Just like you said, it's not just in a book in, on pages. It's actually history that's now I'm experiencing. Yeah, you're living it. You're part of it. You're part of that, that road. You've walked on that same piece of road that Julius Caesar walked down. You guys have a connection now more than you have ever had before. So yes, that's what I love to do is bring history alive, bring culture alive, allow people to feel like they're there. Travel is more than the seeing of sights. Travel is the experiencing of a new place, the opening up of your mind and, and, and spirit and understanding of the world and just being able to delve into other places and while doing that, having a good time. So it's it's not one or the other. It's not just a cultural experience or a learning educational experience, but it's also not just, hey, I'm going to have fun. It's all of these things wrapped in to each other. One, one thing I'll mention about this dinner on the Appian Way, my favorite part of the evening was, and this is why even someone like me, I've been to Rome seven times and I, I still make mistakes. The cabbies in Rome don't really like to go outside even 10, 15 minutes to the Appian. They don't really like to do it past dark. It's just not worth it for them. So I got us there, but I couldn't get us back. Oh, I could no. not. Oh yeah. But it ended up being beautiful. And this is why the clients that I serve mostly, the people that come on my tours, they're adventurous. Now we're not you know, we're not necessarily skydiving in Switzerland, although we could, but the, these are, you know, people that appreciate adventure and appreciate spontaneity. And this is one of those moments where, okay, so I, I couldn't, I will, to clarify, I could only get one cab. There was 12 of us and I could only get one. I could only get half of our group home. And so we're there. It's at night. This is, a, we were there for a few hours. So this is probably 11, 1130. And I was getting close to midnight. Um, you know, again, because Italians eat late and, and we were having a blast. So we stayed late and really had a good time. And But the Appian Way, certain monuments like Cecilia Metella, right across the street from this woman's villa, is lit up. This old basilica from the 1200s is just lit up inside. It's ruined with no roof. So it's But it's still dark. So being on the Appian Way at dark, silent, you could hear a pin drop. And, we're, and we had time to kill. We're like, okay, well, Cab will get here when he can. Because basically, we had to wait for somebody to not have anything to do. I called all the cabs. It's a weird system. There's not really a whole lot of cab companies. I think it's monopolized, centralized, unionized, whatever. So we had to wait for somebody to just decide to come get us. So we were walking up and down the Appian Way. At night. We would not have been able to do that. If we, the cab was there, we would have gotten in the cab and, and took off. But we able to see this road and this ancient part of Rome in another light. So... That was cool, actually, being on the Appian Way at late at night and seeing the monuments lit up was ended up being a blessing in disguise. Now, how long is that road? I don't recall that we've talked about that. I'm looking at a map and it seems like it, it goes quite a ways. So you've got the Via Appia Antica, which is the preserved ancient road. That's only a few miles left, two or three miles, I think maybe. You could, well, maybe longer than that because I've walked most of it. You can walk it from beginning to end in probably three hours, but it used to be hundreds of miles long. Mm. It's, they've just preserved this one section of it. So it used to go from Rome to Southern Italy. That's, it was mainly, I think it was built maybe during the Samnite Wars to get troops quicker down to the uh, eastern part of, of Italy, but it was built to 
to, to quicken the pace down to uh, Campania, Campania, which is a very fertile, rich part of, of Italy, still is. But it, Campania was really where a lot of the, the breadbasket and the villas and the wealthy part of Italy was. So that was the purpose of it. Absolutely massive. But just this preserved part, I think just a few miles. Are all Italians like this family? Italians are generally very open and accepting and love to share their culture. I, I do think there's a general sense of interest and intrigue. So if you go into it with an open mind and a very eager mind, you're going to be welcomed by a lot of people. And that's, I think this family epitomizes that feeling of not just Rome, but Italians in general are, are very open, accepting, and do love to share their culture. And just knowing a few bits of Italian language, you know, como stai, how are you? And uh, buongiorno, obviously good day. And buonasera, good night. Just a few kind of things to to converse and to show them that you you're interested in learning about their culture and, and, and their way of life it, it just goes a long way so the Appian Way epitomizes the culture beauty and history of Rome and you definitely shouldn't miss it on your next trip to Rome we appreciate you listening to this episode of virtual vacation with Guidester if you enjoy this episode please consider letting us know the best way to do this is by rating us on Apple podcasts reviews are always welcome and encouraged Virtual Vacation with Guidester is produced by Motif Media Group. For Jack Bauman and Virtual Vacation with Guidester, I'm Arnold Stricker.